We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back. Night edition. We're yeah, talking after Notre dark. Dame Toledo, the after dark, part two <laughs> of our daily breakdown of Toledo. Uh, Vince, I'm fired up to get into this one, man, because I, I mean, I know it's our second show of the day and and we've had a lot of different things. And uh, I'm excited about this one because this is the matchup I'm most looking forward to see. David Trudeau is fired up about this, and that's why he um, led the super <laughs> chat. Presley Laypath is fired up. He finally gets to see it uh, live. We're very excited about that. So we've already got some super chats in there that came in like 15 minutes, 10 minutes before that's the show awesome. started. So uh, we're Thanks, fired up. My man, Mr. Adam Iola, is in the house tonight, so we're excited hey. about that. We normally do the show while he's working, so we're able to be in here tonight for that. Vince, this is this show. This is the show I've been looking forward to doing this week because this is the matchup I like. This yes. is a Toledo offense that is really good, in my opinion. Uh, this is a Toledo offense that that to me can give Notre Dame some legitimate matchup problems if Notre Dame doesn't play better than they did last week. Sure. That's that's where that's where I'm at. And that's why this matchup is really enticing to me. Because we're gonna see on a short week what kind of changes and what kind of uh, adjustments Coach Freeman can make, which is going to tell us a lot about him early on. Early on, a uh, second game of the year does not define you as a coach, but it's going to be a good early test for us to see, you know, kind of the, the the adjustments and changes he's going to be able to do. Because this is an offense that I think has got some firepower. It, it's got some personal. This, you know, what it does, Vince. This this reminds me. Remember that era when the Mac. Was was like kind of pulling off some upsets, and they had those really high up high octane offenses that were scoring a lot of points, and they were putting like receivers and quarterbacks in the NFL all the yeah, time. Right, that's what this Toledo team reminds me of. Is they're that kind of group? Now, do, should they should they knock Notre Dame off? No, not saying that. Right, that's that's not the point. The point, however, is this is a good football team, and this is the part of the of the ball where they present to me, the most problems. Notre Dame not scoring on Toledo is going to require Notre Dame not to play well. Notre mm -hmm. Dame is going to have to play really well to, to keep 
Toledo down, like to shut them down. You know, people put like 10, 13 points. Notre Dame holds Toledo to 10 to 17 points. That's a really impressive performance because I think this team this team is is a little different than some of the ones they've had in recent years. And so you look at it, Vince, you know, this is a matchup to me that 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 has me a little little juiced up, you know, and I'm looking forward to this one. This is this sure. is going to be a good one. This well, and good and one. going into the Florida State game, what were we most worried about against a Marcus Freeman led defense? Big right? plays, big plays, right? Yeah. And this team, yes, it's a MAC team. I that we get that out of the way, right? It's a MAC team, okay? Right. But they still have the ability to big play you, mm-hmm. and that's where they scare me um, mm-hmm. because they. You can shut them down, shut them down, shut them down, and then they go over the top, or they spring this, their, their little running back. Who, by the way, he he looks small, but he can get through small holes. Uh, you know that's what I've seen when I've watched film on him. Um, and they can big play you, right? I mean, Notre Dame gave up an eighty-nine yard touchdown run, right? They gave up a long touchdown pass on a fade route from the slot. So if they get a matchup that they like, they could big play you. And again. I'm not saying I'm worried about Notre Dame losing. That that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is they can make Notre Dame, you know, look bad at times. Uh, they have that ability to do that, and so it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see kind of how Toledo approaches this game. Number right. one, from an offensive standpoint, and then number two, what steps is Notre Dame going to take defensively from last week? Right, because. It was, like I say, and we talked about this before, it was almost a tale of two different teams, right? Right. It was the aggressive going after it, just dominating and forcing the offense to do what they wanted you to do, right? right. And then there was the, we're going to kind of play base. We're going to kind of sit back. We're going to let them kind of dictate the tempo. And mm-hmm. that's obviously not where Notre Dame excelled. So how are they going to approach this game? That's going to be interesting to see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, Vince, so you, you look at the – kind of compare them to last week. The difference here is they have a, a, a – pretty couple pretty mobile quarterbacks Carter Bradley's a kid that can move he's a pretty good athlete uh the difference however is that this kid can throw and and that's that's the difference between what we saw last week it's more of the McKenzie Milton thing but with a stronger arm right. you know right. I, I think this kid Carter Bradley can play he filled in last year for I think their quarterback's name was Eli Peters I forget I always get his name wrong uh I believe it was Eli Peters yes Eli Peters 
and and when he stepped into the starting lineup, I mean, he did some really impressive things. His first start of the year came against Northern Illinois, and he went 29 of 44, which is a 65.9 per completion percentage for 432 yards and three touchdowns. Hmm. The next week against Central Michigan, he passed for 265 yards, three touchdowns. He threw five picks in those two starts, right? That's 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 an issue for him. Sure. But when I watch this kid play, I see a kid that's got some some ability. And and a kid that that to me, if if he's their quarterback, has has a chance to to do some good things against Notre Dame. So uh, that that and then the kid that they're bringing off the bench that they brought off the bench against uh, uh, that they brought off the bench against for uh, Norfolk State. Norfolk State is yeah. a kid that's more of a real dynamic runner to Quan Finn. So you know Carter Bradley went eight of twelve for 183 yards and a touchdown. He didn't play. I mean they 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 ran the ball. They had two I think two blocked punts for touchdowns. So the yeah. offense didn't really get a chance to go full bore when they did. I mean he averaged fifteen point three yards per attempt, right? So that right. kind of sped up the the breakdown a little or the the blowout a little bit. Sure. Uh, and, and you know so that kind of factored into it. So well, yeah. and I and I and I know when we when we do these these uh, these particular shows, the stacking up shows, we don't really do you know a special teams version, right? But Notre Dame's going to have to be on their P's and Q's when it comes to special teams against this group, just based on what we saw in the first game against Norfolk State. Look, they're going to come after you. They're going to, you know, they're going to come try to block a punt. And I'm not sitting here the most convinced that Notre Dame's going to be okay on special teams. You know, so that's going to be another area to kind of keep an eye on. And I, I can't believe I'm saying that in this particular matchup. But based on what we saw from special teams uh, on Sunday night and based on what I saw from Toledo on special teams, they're going to have to play, you know, they're going to play a good game. Have to be disciplined. I mean, this is a team that's going to run RPOs. They're going to run those long, dragged out play actions and pull the ball and throw it. Uh, if you, if the safeties are undisciplined, they're going to bang stuff behind. If the linebackers don't do a better job in coverage compared to what they did last week, they're going to give up plays. Right. Uh, I have said since the summer that Bryant Kobach is going to be one of the better running backs that Notre Dame is going to face this year. So uh, they got a D2 transfer, a guard. Uh, he played left tackle last year for them. He's now moved into guard. He came from, I think, uh, Edinburgh University, which is a, it's a right. pretty good, decent, you know, D2 program of Pennsylvania. Uh, like I said earlier in the, in the show earlier today, you know, they've got a, they've got a receiver that transferred it from Georgia. Uh, I don't know if it's on this show or I did another show. I for, I've done like four interviews today uh, <laughs> where they've got a receiver, Matt Landers. You remember him? We transferred him from Georgia, and he's he's having trouble getting on the field. Uh, so they've got some weapons. So this is going to be yeah. a really good test for Notre Dame. And, again, are we saying like preparing you for Notre Dame giving up a lot of points? And it's okay if they give up 30. No, I'm not saying that's that. Not, that's not what we're I'm saying, saying at all. If Notre Dame does what they're capable of doing, it's going to be an impressive an impressive performance. Rob, uh, Rob has a, uh, a super chat. He's taking his 13 year old to the game. Yeah. You guys rock out, Rob. We're doing that's our, awesome. our tail. Uh, that's going to be this game. It's going to be next week. Uh, so yeah, hopefully if you're in there next week, we have the tailgate, but yeah, we're excited to get to the game this weekend too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So Vince, let's dive into this first match. So want to wrap up the point I'm making is this is going to be a good week two test for Notre Dame. This isn't your typical MAC team. This isn't Western Michigan from a few years ago. It's not Ball State. It's not uh, Bowling Green. If Notre Dame handles business and wins like they should, it means they will have played well and earned it. That's the key for me. So, Vince, why don't you kick things off by talking about the Notre Dame? We're going to pull this up here. Talking about the yeah. Notre Dame. Um, actually, we've already the, the Notre Dame. We're going to talk about the Notre Dame run game first. Let's let's right. kick into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously these are these are the the 2020 numbers. 
And, uh, you know, that's important that we we talk about that because, you know, the, the game that Notre Dame just played, what they were really, really good against the run game in the first half. And mm-hmm. they were very aggressive in the run game, uh, which I really, really, really liked. Um, I, I thought they dictated the tempo. Uh, I thought that they had the quarterback, uh, you know, Jordan Travis throwing off schedule. I thought that the, the, the run game was really going nowhere. Um, it, you know, until they busted off that 89 yard run. Right. Um, and, and that was just some missed tackles and, and some things of that nature. So, um, when you look at these numbers right here, you know, Notre Dame's run defense is pretty darn good last year, right? 113 yards a game, 16th in the country yards per attempt, 3.8, that's 36 in the country. Let you'd like to see that number be a little bit better. If they're going to be a championship quality defense, uh, that's, that's one area I'd like to see them improve a little bit. I'm okay with 113 yards a game, personally. Uh, I think that that's pretty darn good. Uh, and after game one, they're they're chasing that number. So, you know, uh, but I think that that's going to get better. But then when you look at Toledo's run game, it wasn't terrible, right? They averaged 168 yards a game. That's good for 59th in the country. And then their yards per attempt, not as good, 4.2, um, which, which put them at 75, which is pretty much right down the middle uh, in that neighborhood, you know, it's okay. They only scored eight touchdowns, though, which I, I find to be on the very low end of things. But that's because they like to throw the ball a little bit more, um, and they're not going to be dependent on their run game as much. So um, it, it this is going to be an interesting one because I think Notre Dame has something to prove uh, in this game, especially after the second half that they had. Um, and, and I think that that's really what I'm going to be keeping my eye on is can they play a full game, start to finish, and play the way they did the first half of the game. I think the other thing, too, about this matchup, Vince, is you know you talk about how important it is for Notre Dame to slow down the run game. These numbers, to me, are a little bit misleading to what Toledo has been in the past. And I think last year there were some things, you know, with COVID and everything, they averaged 168.2 yards per game. They were at 224.5 the year before that, 215.9 the year before that. So there, and then this, you know, then they ran for, uh, you know, 205 at 5.3 yards per carry against Norfolk State. So, uh, and again, a lot of that was with with their backup. So Bryant Kobach only mm-hmm. carried the ball nine times for 52 years. Uh, 5.8 yards per carry. So uh, they're a better running team than their numbers showed a little bit last week. So this, but this is also partly what to me makes makes Toledo dangerous. The whole big intro of the show, we were talking about, um, you know, the quarterback and the passing game and the RPOs and all that kind of stuff. Well, this has been their bread and butter in recent years. Mm-hmm. And that ability to be balanced is partly what makes this a dangerous football team and what makes them a legitimate contender to win the MAC this year. Uh, and, and so again, this is a game where if you're not disciplined, if you don't control the line of scrimmage, it, like you should, if you mm-hmm. don't tackle well, if you're not disciplined, if you're not assignment correct, they're going to hurt you. Now, if Notre Dame does what they're supposed to do, they'll shut down the Toledo run game, right? And at the end of the day, understand that's where we're coming from. It would be really easy for us because anyone can do this to say, oh, it's Toledo. They're a Mac team. If Notre Dame does what they should do, they should dominate. Oh, okay, sure. But that's not analysis, right? Anyone that yeah. that, that that has a you know, Google can figure that out. <laughs> the fact of the matter, however, is if we're going to look at this from a real football standpoint, this is the kind of test you want a week after playing Florida State. Absolutely. And, and what I mean by that is this, Vince, and I want to hear your opinion on this because mm-hmm. you and I have actually never talked about this on the show. I had talked about this before you and I were able to finally team up after we've been trying to team up for a decade. Um, 
I have always felt that when I struggle, when my teams would struggle with something or a team would give us a look that we had a hard time with, I was always fired up when we saw that, when we were going to see something similar the next week. Because I wanted to make my adjustments while it was still fresh on their man, mind. And, and it's one thing to make adjustments and then, well, you don't have to, you're not going to see that for three weeks. Right. I wanted to make my adjustments and then build it back into the game plan and then attack it again that next week. And when you look at the Marcus Freeman That's defense, really to me, this is a great opportunity for them to say, hey, look, what are the things we struggled with last week? Right. Athletes in space. Okay. Toledo's got those. Uh, a quarterback that can do things with his arm and his legs. Okay, Toledo's got a couple of those mm-hmm. guys. Uh, an offense that 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 with the RPOs is going to make it difficult for you. They're going to run those long rides, you know, so the linebackers have to be sound and aggressive. The deep line has to penetrate, tackle, do all those things. Check, check, check. Mm-hmm. So all the things that you struggled with last week, you're going to have to do. You're going to have to be. You're going to have to be faced with those certain situations again, which to me is is perfect for Marcus Freeman and Mike Elson and Mike Mickens and Chris O'Leary because all the things that they wanted to correct on film this weekend are going to have to be put right into practice against Toledo. That's a really and, good and point, I, and I like that's all. That's all because yeah. I always liked that as a coach. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, from from my level. It was always, uh, you know, odd fronts versus even fronts and things like that because, you know, high school teams, if you're a three front, you're going to be a three front. If you're a four front, you're going to be a four front. There's not a lot of movement between the two. And so if we had a team that we were playing that was a three front, which is more of an uh, – the, the words – I was going to say it's more of an odd front, but yes, it's an odd front. It's it's not as common. That's what I wanted to say. Um, but uh, when we would see that two weeks in a row, and if we struggled with it the first week, and we talk about it in film, like dude, you know, with your center and the the, the double team with your center and your guard and things of that nature, and getting the snap off with a guy in your head and blah 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 blah, and we would hammer it home on in the film in the film, and then when, if you had a forefront the next week, it's like, well, that didn't matter. Uh, thanks for that coaching coach. Uh, but then if you had that same front the next week, that all part, you know, it all parlays in and then you see them execute and it's like, yes, thank you. That's what we were looking for. It, it's it's wonderful. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. And you make a good point. Now, are these athletes the same that they were going to see that they saw against Florida State? No, but it's the same type of offense. It's the same type of players that they right. saw against and Florida they're State. good enough correct where if you're still undisciplined you're going to get burned like like Brian Kobach may not rip off an 89 yard run I think they may be able to catch him but because sure. he's not as fast as Deshaun Corbin but he's still gonna hurt you if right. you make those same mistakes if you're not able to but the thing he also brings he's a big a little thicker a little stronger than these guys so he's a nice one cut and go guy you're gonna have to be disciplined against this offense and I yes. and I think when you look at the run game this is going to be a good test because the run game last week was good early, and then bam, you give up the big play, and then mm-hmm. shutting them down again. And then the second half, once they went away from the four down, and they went away from attacking, that's when Florida State piled up a bunch of yards on Notre Dame. So it was a little bit misleading at times. Florida State, other than a couple big runs, didn't really move the ball effectively against the Notre Dame defense with any consistency. It was the big plays. Mm-hmm. Then Notre Dame went away from what worked for him, and it was kind right. of the other thing. It was the the, just the the bleeding out, the slow death. This week, you need to get back to being aggressive. You mix up your looks again. I'm okay with the three man stuff, but I need your base. Your roster right now is better in a four down. I agree. And now that you have all the injuries to linebacker, Shane Simon's out, Maris is out, Paul Moal is out. There's even more reason to be more of a four down team. 
And, and so that's that that, that that's the yeah. adjustments I want to see. What adjustments do you make as a coaching staff that's going to let us know that you're prepared to 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 not repeat what we saw last week? And that's going to tell us a lot about Marcus Freeman. And mm -hmm. I'm optimistic that he's going to look good doing it. And, yeah. uh, and, and the staff is going to make good changes. And this is going to this is a good enough test to where we're going to find out if if they're able to make those kind of quick adjustments on the fly. Look, when everybody's healthy, I still think that they're better as a forefront than they are as a three front. I'm okay with them mixing it up, obviously, because they have guys that can do that. But I, the point that you made about the fact that there's now injuries at the linebacker position and the depth is being is being tested at the linebacker position, I think you you even you even go more, you know, head into the forefront looks. Yes, I still want them to uh, to mix it up a little bit, absolutely, because you need to keep offenses on their toes. But I think this team, their identity has to be a forefront. It has to be. We saw them get some serious pressure as a forefront. I mean, we, we were seeing, you know, Jason Adamiola, Justin Adamiola. We were seeing those guys just absolutely penetrate. You know, Foskey was getting in the backfield when they were in a forefront. When they were in a three front, we didn't see as much penetration unless they were bringing a linebacker or unless they started Foskey off the line and then they were bringing him up, right? that's when we saw penetration when you had four guys at the line of scrimmage and i think that's when these guys are at their best and now that the now that the linebackers are being tested as far as the depth i just i just think that that has to be your identity and that's going to be what i'm going to be looking for when we when they step out on the field on saturday with marcus freeman because he has to see it if we see right. it he sees it right and, and we both yeah. agree Marcus Freeman's a pretty smart guy. Absolutely. And I, and I know there are some people that think that all of a sudden think one game means he's not a good coach anymore. I don't see that. I don't right. see it that way. Uh, I think that they were actually doing a lot of what I expected uh, with sure. a couple mistakes here and there, which you and I also said kind of be prepared for. Uh, but it was that once they went away from what they do, and yeah. that's why I say don't go, don't go away from who you are. Be who you are, and if you want to call off the dogs and put your number twos in there and let them you run your defense, uh, and and they didn't do that, especially in the third quarter. So right. to me, I, I want to see those adjustments. I want to see what kind of motivator Marcus Freeman is to go out there and get those guys to handle adversity. Look, everything has been going great for him, right? Mm -hmm. Since he was hired, and you know, recruiting's going well, oh, and sure. this is going well, and they dominated in the spring, and then they and, and did all those kind of things. Well, okay, now you face some adversity. How do you right. handle it? And that's the test, not for Marcus Freeman and, and Mike Elson and Mike Mickens and Chris O'Leary, but that's going to be the test for the leadership of this football team at the player level. How do you handle, how do you respond to the struggles? And to me, this part of the game is we're going to find that out because I want to see them, I want to see them kind of take that out on them. I want to see them take that out on Toledo. Because yeah. if you can take it on Toledo, this is a good football team. Again, this isn't New Mexico. This isn't Bowling Green, right? Does that mean you can't dominate them? I'm not saying yeah. that at all. Right. But what I am saying um, is is that um, you have to be able to play your game in order to do that. Well, and and I and I feel like there's a possibility that Notre Dame could dominate and not play well. There, there is that possibility. But again, like we were talking about with the offense, are you saying are you saying because their players are just so much better? Is that kind correct. of what you're? Okay, that, that's what I, that's what I'm alluding to. Yes. But again, with the offense, like with the offensive line, we were talking about what we need to see to see that they're taking steps. I'm going to need to see similar things with the defense, right? Better contain, better tackling late in the game, you know, things of that nature. That's going to make me feel really good yeah. about where this defense is, right? Yeah, see, go ahead. I'm sorry, Vince. I thought no, you no, no. I was, I was done. I was done. Yeah. I know how I didn't want to interrupt you. Please. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I've never said that to you, by the way. I know. Um, <laughs> you just get your lackeys to do it for you. I know how it is. <laughs> you, I know how it is. I get your buddies to do it. I'm, yeah, I'm right. kidding. I'm kidding. Um, that's what I like about the show. It is a back and forth. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to somewhat disagree with you. Okay. I believe I agree with you 100% when we're talking about the matchup of the Notre Dame offense against the Toledo defense. I think Notre Dame could not necessarily play well and dominate, kind of like what they did to Florida State last week, right? There are some things they didn't really do well on offense, and they still had 400-some-plus yeah. yards and 41 sure. points, right? Um, for me, it's more of this side of the ball, I don't think you can still – you can play not – you can play bad uh, or not well and still dominate because I think the skill level, the overall talent, of Toledo's better. The size of Toledo is a little better. They're not going to just physically overwhelm them like they can to overwhelm the Toledo defense. Uh, you know, they've got some legitimate, legitimately good size on their offensive line for a MAC team. I mean, their offensive line is 310, 66310, 64307, 63295, 64290, 64290. And they're kind of an or at right tackle between a six foot four two ninety guy and a six four three fifteen guy. So there's some good size there. So I don't think Notre Dame can just overwhelm them with size and speed. There's there's enough athleticism mm -hmm. where if Notre Dame doesn't play well, they're still going to probably win. They'd have to turn the ball over a bunch of times and things like that to lose. I'm not saying they're going to lose. But I think if they don't play well, I do think that Toledo can hurt them and make this a closer game than it should be. So that's the one. That, so on this matchup, now the matchup from earlier, I'd have been I'd agree with you 100%. 100%. But this yeah. matchup, I think, is going to be – they're not going to hold them to 13 points and not play well. Uh, unless their quarterback just, like, sees the oh, – this is Notre Dame Stadium. And he's yeah, hitting linebackers right. in the chest, right? Like, if that happens, sure. sure, that you're correct. But assuming something like that happens, I think See, Toledo can score 24, 27. Okay. You know, it, it's a lot like the matchup when I had, we had about UMass and in 2000 – it's going to sound funny, but in 2015 – you know, I remember talking about Taze Sharp back then, like this guy's going to play in the NFL. And he he did. He played, played in the NFL for a while. Now he's been a decent NFL player. And he had a quarterback that had a big arm. And there were some athletes. So, you know, if, if Notre Dame doesn't play well, these guys are going to score. And they did. And against, that was against a Brian Van Gorder defense. This <laughs> team is even better than that one because that team had a great NFL receiver, but this team has better talent all around and a better line. Uh, so that that to me is a little bit of the difference. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I have I have more faith in what this this front seven can do. I, I saw too many flashes mm -hmm. of brilliance from this front seven in the first game. I, I just feel yeah. like if they if they play that way, there's nothing that Toledo's going to be. Well, able no, to do. but see, to me, that's not playing bad, right? That's what I'm saying. Is you okay. said if they don't they don't they can still dominate and not play well. Okay. What I'm okay. saying is if they play their if they just play well, not dominant, but just well, they'll shut Toledo down for the most part. Okay. What I'm saying is if they play poorly, Toledo will hurt them. Okay. That's, that's what I'm fair. saying. We're, no, that's fair. offense could maybe not play that well and yeah. still just muscle up and out outman right. Toledo's yeah. defense. Right. Um if Notre Dame plays, what happens when Notre Dame's defense doesn't play right. well, they get if, run over. I mean right. run by. Right. If Notre yeah. Dame's defense plays like it did the first two and a half quarters of against Florida State before they change to their let's not attack anymore, right? Toledo doesn't have a chance. Because as you said, there was a lot of dominant moments. Yes, they made some mistakes and they may make some mistakes against Toledo and give up but a I'm okay player or two, but they're I'm still okay. gonna dominate because yeah. you can clean that stuff up. Exactly right. right, Vince. Right. You can clean that stuff up. Um, you know, um, you can clean that stuff up, right? Sure. But they may make some big plays, but you're not going to consistently move the ball up and down the field on the Notre Dame defense. And again, right. like I said, Toledo's got good talent. They don't have 
necessarily Florida State talent. Although mm-hmm. I think their quarterback is a better passer than what we saw on on Sunday night. So I think that would be one area where I'd push back a little bit on, okay. on this particular matchup. So you want to talk about the let's talk about the pass game, Vince? All right. This is where it's going to get interesting. Yeah, yeah I, that's well, the part right there because we just talked about how they have thrown for you know runs for two hundred yards three of the last four seasons, except for last year. This part right here. So they've got two new coordinators, co-coordinators. Um, you look at what we talked about. What they did on defense, right? They brought in Vince Karras. Well, they hired two two co-coordinators. One is Robert Wiener, and they brought him from Tampa Plant High School. He's a longtime high school coach. And they also hired, um, oh gosh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? I know who the guy is because he's he was a big time D three head coach when I was Mike Hallett. Uh, so, so they brought in Mike Hallett, who was at Heidelberg for a long time, really good offensive mind. He's a guy that coached in Ohio in the Midwest when I was coming up as a D3 coach. It's very interesting where he, where they went and got their assistant coaches. Yes. Uh, from, because from the D3, what he did, you know what he did, what, right. What he did, which is smart Vince is from a recruiting standpoint, he hired two legend, well, one legend and one guy that had a great reputation in Ohio at Heidelberg. Mm-hmm. So they can, they're going to recruit that state and sure, they need absolutely. to be able to recruit that state. Uh, they're going to dominate MAC recruiting, in my opinion, with those guys on staff. Yeah, right. But Makes they're good football sense. coaches, right? Yes. They're, they're they're MAC guys, right? Like I'm not like, hey, this guy's on my radar to, for Notre Dame to hire him as their next OC. I'm not saying that, but for that level, they know That's how to perfect. teach. Yeah, they're coaching D3 kids, right? So they're coaching kids that I coach, which means you're not just getting these kids that are just so talented that you can just roll the ball out and they're going to dominate. Right. You have right. to teach them how to play the game. Well, it's the same thing at the MAC. You're not getting elite five-star athletes that can just not know what they're doing and still dominate. you got to teach these kids how to play the game, and that's what I like about what Jason Candle is doing. He's getting teachers, and and when you look at some of the better programs in the MAC over the years, it's guys that had great staffs top to bottom. you got to teach the right. game of football. That eventually moved on to, to bigger and better things and – Stuff like that, but you know when Urban Meyer put Urban Meyer put his Bowling Green staff together, he got like a GA from Notre Dame and Syracuse and Dan Mullen. He got like the you know he got these guys that were like you know smaller level Division One coaches. He didn't go out and hire like he didn't bring like Charlie Strong with them and you know all these these D one you know these guys that were Notre Dame and Florida and Ohio State. He brought guys that were knew how to teach and knew mm-hmm. how to coach. And Smart. I think that's what Jason Candle's doing. Now, you have to know what's on your team. Yes, and you and you yes. also have to know how to recruit. Your area because MAC teams are more regional, obviously, right? And they'll, they'll pull some guys from all over, to, you know, possibly. But you have to know how to recruit your region, and I think it's really smart to bring in a high, a high school, you know, a storied high school coach, a, a, a guy that's been a D three head coach for a long time because his recruiting is also regional, right? It just yes, it's, MAC recruit. You're going to recruit Florida, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of people don't know. Mount Union and Heidelberg did the same thing we did when I was at Defiance is there's so many talented players in Florida that, that there's just not there's not a lot of D2 and 1AA schools in Florida. Sure. I, I don't even know if Jacksonville U still has a football team. There's like Florida Tech. There's not a lot, right? So what would what we would do is they'd have these recruiting fairs down in Florida. And we'd send coaches down there. I'd send three of my coaches down there. I'd, we'd have them go to these fairs, and then I'd organize, hey, here's the high schools you're going to go to. Well, Mountain Union did the same thing. So these guys, uh, my, uh, Heidelberg did the same thing. So they 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 have connections in Florida as well. Sure. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry that comment from Tommy Guns is for dang it, Brian, stop interrupting our cousin Vinny. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, that's so awesome. Uh, but uh, so uh, 
so when, when I look at that, Vince, that that's the other place they got to go. They got to recruit the Midwest hard, but then you got to go find some guys down in the state of Florida and Georgia that can go play. And that's what a lot of these guys are bringing to the table. So that's kind of an overview of, of, of Toledo, but I want to get back on track to this part of the game right here. I'm always going to get that because I'm like pointing at it. Like the, I'm actually pointing at it on my screen, <laughs> I know. but it's actually over here. So I've got to point so, away from where I want to go. Right. It's, yeah. It's opposite. Very explosive pass offense last year. Now, some of this is a tad misleading. And what I mean by that, Vince, is when you only play six games, one big game can kind of skew the numbers a little bit. And and they had a couple – I mean, they had two 400-yard games, like late in the year games, four and five were over 400 yards. Uh, they also threw seven picks in six games. So, like, there's some things they got to clean sure. up turning the ball over. Uh, That's but, what stood but, out to me, to be honest. Right, with right. It was the yeah the six picks yeah. in the last three games, right. but big plays, right? High completion percentage, big plays, and a lot of that comes off the RPOs. A lot of those big plays aren't bombs. Like uh, they threw an eighty-some yard touchdown pass against Norfolk State on a, just a dig route. The guy caught it near midfield and just outran the defense. Devin Maddox just outran the defense. You're going to see stuff like that. They have playmakers like so. If you're not in position, if you're not, if you're trying to go for a kill shots as a tackler, and they're, they're going to make right. you miss, and they're going to rip off big plays. And so that's the thing for me that Notre Dame's going to have to eliminate in the pass game is eliminate those big after the catch plays. Uh, don't you know? Be disciplined against the RPOs because you want right. to. What you want to do is you want to drag the completion percentage down, right? So if you look at their low, their 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 lowest perf, their lowest scoring outlet of the season last year worst offensive output of the season last year was against Central Michigan. And in that game, they completed 54.4% of their passes, right? Threw the ball, turned the ball over three times. Right. And so, you know, that was their lowest yards per attempt. They only averaged 5.14 yards per attempt or yards per play that game, which was their lowest of the season. It was the 391 yards was over 50 yards lower than anything they had done all season. And a big part of that was – Central Michigan was able to create a lot of misses and mistakes. Not only not only three turnovers, which was huge, but the three turnovers were built around a pass offense that also only completed fifty four point five percent of their passes. And so that's the difference. Whereas they they turned the ball over a little bit against you know Ball State and didn't score a lot, but they completed they they completed seventy five percent of their passes. They were able to yeah. move the ball. Uh, and so to me, that's the big thing for me is they have got Notre Dame has got to be able to create misses essentially in the past game being aggressive up front uh being disruptive um disciplined stay sure. if you're a safety and, and you're you stay on your target don't don't you know read your key right yeah, if, if you if you're reading the backside x read the backside x don't start peeking into the backfield right. like you did last week and that's what that's what ha- that's when safety's getting troubles when they start peeking and that's when you have breakdowns and coverage and the guy gets behind you uh, so this is the this is the matchup that that Notre Dame has to be able to contain. This is where this is the part of the game. Whereas last week, Vince, we were worried about the big plays in the run game with Florida State. This week, I'm worried about the big plays in the pass game more than I'm worried about the big plays in the run game. Yeah, I, I, my biggest yeah. concern is I'm concerned with them hammering the run game, like just chipping away with the run game, and then that creates the the big plays down the field or or, or after the catch. I think that's my nightmare scenario in this matchup. That that you know that that that's it for me. But this is the part of the game that that could present Notre Dame with the most problems. Yeah, no, I, and I, I and I think it's really going to be a good test for these corners and for the safeties because you and I both think the corners played a really good game against Florida State. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in your words, they were sticky, right? Mm-hmm. And and I and I think this is going to be a really good test for them uh, to 
quote unquote, stay in their lane. They, they need to continue to do what they're supposed to do. Don't be peeking in the backfield. Don't be worrying about the run game when it comes up. Yeah, make the play when it's when you need to make the play, but don't let a guy get loose because you think it's going to be a run play, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, that that's going to be very, very important. And this is also where I think if I'm coaching at Toledo uh, and clearly an RP, the RPO game is part of their offense, mm-hmm. I really think that that's going to be a huge part of their offense against Notre Dame because yes. that's that's an offense where you – are making the defense wrong, right? right? And that's where you can benefit, even though you're out, you know, outmatched from a player to player standpoint. Like you're not going to be going one on ones against Notre Dame's players because, in theory, Notre Dame's players are better, right. right? But this is an opportunity if a linebacker takes a wrong step, or if he covers the wrong guy, or if he goes here, or he goes there. That's when the RPO game can really benefit you because you're not playing one versus one; you're playing guy versus space essentially and and that's where i think toledo could take advantage of notre dame if they get sloppy with their technique and if they're not in the right position and so i think that's something really to keep an eye on because if i'm the offensive coordinator for toledo that's the kind of offense that i'm going to be running against notre dame because that's who you are you've got to be who you are absolutely that's their strength if you if you're not afraid to attack notre dame with your strength then you might as well just call them and say hey look guys we don't want to take a chance of getting hurt this weekend. We're gonna, we're just gonna give this one to you, okay? You got to go after them with your strength, and and it, and it's a, it's a, because again with Toledo, winning is not the only way to build your team for the future in this matchup. If you can just be competitive with Notre Dame and says, hey guys, look, we did our, we played our game, we did this, we did that, we executed, and we took a playoff team, you know, into the fourth quarter, right? Um, that's also a momentum builder, and the coaches know that. And so not only are they going to do this, but you can surely expect, Vince, for them to do reverses, trick sure. plays, gadget oh, plays, yes. things like that. Not a ton, but enough to keep Notre Dame on their heels. Because if they Absolutely. get Notre Dame on their heels, that's the key. For Notre Dame, the opposite is true, right? You've got to dominate the line of scrimmage. You've got to not let him ride those fakes out. Because if he's going to do that, that's fine. Because by the time you pull that thing out, we're on you. Pop. Jason, yeah, Adam, Yule, exactly. Fosky, Myron, Kurt, they're all they're going to be on you. Yeah. You better pull that sucker and get it out quick. Well, you do. Right. You rush an RPO. That's when Kyle Hamilton steps in front of one and says, you know, peace out. Right. Because there's a that's reason that there's the a long there's a long ride there because he's reading it. He, he it mm-hmm. needs that amount of time. Right? right. And if you don't give him that amount of time, now you're blowing everything up that they're trying right. to do. And you're right. That's where that's where Kyle Hamilton can can eat. Yes. So that's the matchup, Vince, that they have to be prepared for. That's yeah. the matchup to me that could present the most problems. There's legitimate talent for for this football team at wide receiver. I mean, there there's we talked about Carter Bradley. I like him. I really do like him at uh, you know, at quarterback. I think Bryant Kobach is a good runner. Uh, when I look at this team, I see Devin Maddox, as I talked about, had a huge play last week. He's a small or shifty guy. Denzel McKinley Lewis. Uh, Jerwan Newton, those are fat, faster guys. Then they have guys like Isaiah Winstead and Bryce Mitchell, Matt Landers, who we talked about as a transfer from Georgia, who are some more of the, the bigger receivers. So they got that nice blend that you know I love, right? They've got the guys can win on one-on-ones on the outside. They've got those more athletic guys um, do things after the catch. So it's an interesting matchup. Truman Dumel, mm-hmm. my man, thank you so much. Truman, a super sticker. I appreciate you very, 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 very much. That's Truman awesome. also had followed up with a question about will Diggs and estimate other freshman play versus Toledo. That's a great segue back to our conversation. <laughs> very, very well done, Truman. <laughs> Getting us back on track. So let's get back. 
to Toledo and 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 Notre Dame. And I'll say this: if the freshman skill players are going to play, the defense is going to have to make stops early. Yes, that to me is the big key to this game because when you look at, we're going to get to the, we're going to get to um, the scoring def- offense and defense now, right? You look at those numbers for Toledo. It's kind of like what we talked about of the Notre Dame offense against Toledo defense. They're very similar. Very good scoring offenses, very good total offenses and defenses. Not great in the red zone. Really good on third down, <laughs> right? That's how these two teams are. So Notre Dame's going to have to to be at their best because to me the best way to stop this t- to blow Toledo out, which is ultimately what should happen, mm-hmm. uh, is, is that you need to make early stops, and then the offense has to then go out and make plays. You can't let them hang around like you do with Florida State. That's that's what you and I talked about when we were wrapping up the Florida State game. Vince Notre Dame should have been on Florida State like twenty four to seven, like by the end of the first quarter. Absolutely. It should have been over. I mean, Florida State, hey, you want to ride those read zones and do all that stuff? Fine, go for it because you're down three touchdowns. Right. And then just pile it on. You've got to take advantage of those things on offense. But the way that you can do that is you can't let Toledo get an early rhythm. And I think when you look at this right here, Vince, if they get confidence, if they get into a rhythm, then you're in trouble. And we saw that Sunday night. Florida State lived on two big plays. That's really what they had. It's all the, outside of like one decent series. They had two big plays. That's it. That's the only reason they were in the game. Mm-hmm. It's 38 20 because of two big plays. Notre Dame's ready to run them off the field. Then Notre Dame went away from what they do. And that resulted in Notre Dame letting them back in the game. Because once they got into that rhythm, then it was a lot harder uh, to get them out of it. You have to do that early. Right. You have to get them out of sync early. You have to get them into third and longs early. This is going to be another big test for the defensive line, but I thought the defensive line when they were in their base defense was really good last week. I think some of the linebackers got to step up, but really the safeties have to step up in the run game, some of the safeties and the and the linebackers in the defensive line have to make sure when you get guys in space, you got to bring them down this week. Tackle well and 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 eliminate some of those mistakes. You know, Riley Mills can't shoot the inside gap when he's supposed to be slanting away from the double stunt, right? You can't open up that big hole. But if that happens, the safety can't whiff five, six yards down the field. Mm-hmm. Clean up those mistakes. Cause if you can, if you can keep Toledo off the board, or you know, you look at that red zone number right there, Vince, if you can make them have to kick field goals instead of touchdowns, that's all of a sudden they got three scores, you got three scores, and it's 21 to nine. Right you're up two scores, right? That's where it has to be. And, and so that's, to me, this is going to be the key right here is, is Notre Dame scoring defense against Toledo scoring offense. And, and, and a lot of people aren't going to respect it. If Notre Dame shuts Toledo down, I know a lot of people are going to, uh, it's Toledo, it's a max school. And that's all true, but this is a team that can score. If you can hold them under 20, that's a really good performance. And I, in my opinion, but it's going to have to start early. If you start on them early, Vince, that's why I always feel about teams like this that that are in that are talented but inferior to you. If you shut them down early and take them out of their game early, they can't recover because they don't have that individual player. They can just right. say, hey, look, yeah, you know, like Notre Dame. Yeah, that happens. Notre, yeah. Hey, look, we just we got to get Mayer involved, man. We we got to get Kyron going. We we got to get Austin going because mm-hmm. we're struggling, right? We've right. got that that guy, that dude. They don't have that. It's more system and execution oriented. If Notre Dame can dominate in the trenches and get them out of rhythm and get them off their game early, they don't have that dude that they can go to to get them back. And to me, that's going to be the key. It's going to be the start. 
it's going to be the start. Last week we focused on the start with the offense. This week the start to me, the focus on the start is going to be on the defense. If the defense can start fast and get them out of rhythm, Tulio's going to have a tough time. When I, and I think it goes even deeper than that for me. Yes, start fast, absolutely, but then sustain that, right? Because they, I think they started fast against Florida State. I, I, I was really impressed with what – I was sitting back. I was like, okay, Marcus Freeman in the house. Here we go. Pressure, pressure, pressure. This is good stuff. I mean, they were all over him. Yes, absolutely. And I and I was like, game over. Like there, he, you know, Jordan Travis just looked. He looked out of sync. He looked like he didn't want the ball in his hands at all. I mean, just right. it was great. They need to sustain that, right? And and I have I have complete faith that Notre Dame will come out fast on defense. I do, mm-hmm. but can they sustain that the rest of the way? And can they sustain it with the next group of guys? Right, whether that's piecemealing it in as you go when you're still, you know, when the game's still a game, mm-hmm. or if they put all the twos in or whatever when the game is later on, I want them to keep their foot on the gas defensively. I don't want them to get back in that. Okay, we're just going to play base defense, and we're not really going to get in the backfield and blah 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 blah. blah. Like I want pressure, pressure, pressure. They got to keep that up. That has to be their identity, and it needs to be their identity from the first whistle to the last whistle. That that's where I'm at, and so mm-hmm. it's a little bit further for me. Yeah, that's gonna it's 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 gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting test, Vince, and I think that's yeah. the key. Is is and again when we mean test, understand where we're coming from. It's not a test where we're like, oh geez, if they don't play their game, right. they're gonna get beat. Right. I don't believe that. I think they'd have to collapse to lose this game. It's more about building for the for the season, and to me, this is kind of that type of team that presents a good enough challenge to where you've got to you've got to play well to to win the way that you should. Uh, that that's what I am saying. I do think that is true. And and that's what I like about this matchup. And you and I talked about it this summer, Vince, was they're not really playing teams early in the season that can necessarily beat them. I don't think Purdue can beat them unless they just they just um collapse and then yeah. I mean they're gonna yeah. make a lot of mistakes. They, yeah. they, they just are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, agree. So so anyway, so that's that's this that's this matchup. And and, yeah. and you know. I'm excited about this matchup, Vince, because I think we're going to learn a lot about this Notre Dame team's mentality. We're going to learn a lot about this Notre Dame team's leadership in how they respond. After the game you just had, if you come out and you're thinking you're just going to roll over Toledo, if that tells me this team has a leadership problem, big time. Yeah. Uh, at a coaching and more so at a player, because this is a player thing. This is a player the mentality thing is a player-led thing. I, I know we like to blame coaches for everything, and and we've done some of that in tonight's show. But sure. when it comes to being ready to play a game, I think that's just as much on the player's leadership on the player level than it is at the coach level, uh, if not more so sometimes. And so to me, I want to see that. I want to see this team fired up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see them come out hungry, angry even, that people are doubting them or that they had to, you know, go four quarters against them. I want to see them come out and say, hey, we're going to put this one away quick. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's kind of like that mentality of remember when they lost to Georgia. And I and I remember Drew Tranquil is a you know strong Christian kid and never swears. It you know doesn't seem like he's always got these really nice things to say. He's always got a smile on his face. And after they lost to Georgia, he had his he had his hood over his head and he was like, you could just tell he wanted to scream. He was like, I just feel really bad for the teams that we're going to play moving forward. And it's fine to say that, but then they went out and did that. They went right. for over that's five leadership. bills on the ground the next week. It's BC, yeah. you know what I no, mean? That's leadership. That's leadership. And it was it yeah. was Drew, it was Q, it was McGlinchey, it was, you know, it was it was the leadership of that team that said, hey, no more. Right. 
because Brian Kelly, and this is a defensive Brian Kelly can say all the inspirational things he wants to say. If the leadership is at the at the player level isn't strong, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. Right. That's where accountability has to be in a lot of ways uh, when it comes to how do you respond to adversity. And I think this team's going to respond well to it. And and that's what I'm looking. That's I guess that's partly where my excitement is. Is Sure. I want to see what I believe to be about this team confirmed, which is I think the leadership is going to be there, which is why they won the game Sunday night. Absolutely. Because if they didn't have leadership, I agree. Look, when when they when that game went in overtime, I'm be honest, I think I might have said this episode, I thought they're going to lose. Because mm-hmm. Florida State had all the it was Texas 2016, and I remember people bringing up Texas 2016 before that. I'm like, come on, guys, this is going to be Texas 2016. This is a different program now. But when they went to overtime, I was like, yep, Texas 2016. Yeah. But they, but it wasn't 2016 because this team has leadership. The defense stepped up. The offense didn't turn the ball over, although they didn't really weren't given a chance. They to weren't trying to. Uh, but and then yeah. the special team stepped up and got right. the job done. Right. The defense, you know, kind of gutted up a little bit late in the fourth quarter and didn't allow a touchdown. Held them to a field goal. Those things matter, and that's that's some resiliency that I see when they were tired, they were fatigued, they were worn out. But they said that doesn't matter. We got to make a play. We got to win mm-hmm. this game. And that tells me this team has the. That was step one to leadership. Step two is how do you come out this week? And I think they're going to come out fired up this week. I really do. Uh, and 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 it needs to show in how you play, Vince, but also like from a fire and intensity sure. standpoint, but also from an from an execution standpoint. And I, and I will say this just to add on because I agree with everything that you said, but just to add that this is the, obviously the first home game in a year and a half where there's actually going to be fans there. Look, you say what you want about crowds and crowd noise. I know I love that comment, by the way. Anthony Solomon, Brian blocks better than our <laughs> offensive line. That's 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 apropos right there, my friend. Um, but uh, I I saw the way Florida State fed off their crowd because they did. They fed off their crowd mm-hmm. in that game on Sunday night. This is going to mm-hmm. be the best crowd that Notre Dame Stadium's ever seen for a MAC opponent. Okay, because mm-hmm. it's been so stinking long since there's been a full stadium there. I think it's going to be part of this game. I really do. I, I think the players are going to feed off this crowd. I think they're going to be fired up with this crowd. I think it's going to be unbelievable mm-hmm. atmosphere. And, and yeah. I think it's going, to, it's going to favor Notre Dame. And if that will be even more of a testament in a negative way if they can't get up for this game with the crowd that's going to be in that stadium. Right. You know and what I, I think mean? they will. I mean, yeah, you're, I think you're, they will. Too. How, how you're prep? I mean, because you're trying to just look at it from an objective, we're going to learn standpoint, like I was, which is totally spot on. I think they will, Vince. I, I mean, you you kind of said it, but I mean, it's not. Do, do you think that they? That I mean, do you anticipate? Not do you hope that they will or think that they will, but do you expect them? I mean, do you feel this team has? that kind of player-led leadership that they are going to come out and respond the right way. Well, we're talking about the defense, right? And Correct. I I, I, I believe – But I think it kind of it feeds sure. off each other. You know, but, but I believe, number one, number one, I think there's really good leadership on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that comes from the players and the defensive coordinator. I don't think Marcus Freeman is going to allow this team to play the way that they did in the first game. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm not just riding the Marcus Freeman train. I firmly believe he's a too good of a coach to allow that performance to frame this defense. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it's because of him and like what he wants to do and all he's too, that's called being a leader of a, of a defense. I mean, that's exactly yeah. right. And he's too good of a coach to allow that to be his product. And so I firmly believe that they're going to come out fired up. They're going to come out with a whole new attitude because of the leadership with the kids 
and because Marcus Freeman is the head of that defense. So I, I absolutely think it's going to happen. Yes. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.